Do you think UFOs, the paranormal, weird history, cryptozoology, and outsider art are pretty darn cool? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to High Strangeness with your host, Steve Berg. Oh, 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 welcome back, my friends, to another episode of High Strangeness. Tonight, actually, I'm going to go ahead and admit to you, this morning for me, it's about 10 a.m., and it's about... Five-ish, you know, five-ish for uh, my guest, and that guest is Fred Anderson. You know him, you love him. He's written the absolutely fantastic new book that he released last year, Northern Lights, High Strangeness in... Oh, my God, I just forgot the subtitle. (laughs) High Strangeness in Sweden. Northern... Yeah, of course, but I didn't want to get it right. I wasn't sure if it was scan. I, I, I totally flubbed that, but we're, we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it. We're going to roll. There, there are imperfections here at High Strangers. I am not terribly smart. Fred, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. It's my pleasure. I've been waiting so long to to, to be a guest on your on your podcast. I've been I've been oh. dreaming. I've been fantasizing. You know, I've been you know lucid. Maybe this is a lucid dream by itself. Maybe it's not real. I don't know. But here I am. You know, Fred, life might be a whole lucid dream. Yeah. You know, uh, it's uh, we just don't know, my friend. But I will say this. Uh, Probably like I don't know two ish years ago, I you started popping up on my radar, and it was through like kind of this little like Twitter community that we're both kind of I don't want to say a part of, but like we're involved in. We we've we kind of commented on the same stuff, and I'm like I'm like this dude's really funny and also super insightful, and I started following you, and then I was like, oh, I'm a huge fan of this guy, and then he drops one of the books of 2023, and I'm not even joking. And I'm not even just putting this in the UFO books. All the books I read in 2023, I think Fred's was the most enjoyable. Oh. I read it in two sittings, oh. by the way. I, you, so, you're, you're too kind. I'm, I'm a binger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, dude. I mean, a book like that, I want to roll it up and smoke it oh, and ingest yeah. it and just let it live with me. So I definitely want to get into the book, but my man, how's everything going? Every, you know, oh, yeah, you know, you know me. If you follow, we follow each other on social media. I'm, you know, yeah. this is the. I, I don't want to be a party pooper, but this is winter and darkness, which is hell. Yeah, for me, at least for for many others too. I, I, right. It's 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 really hard someday it's difficult some days but uh you know it, mm-hmm. it it in general i'd say it's great you know i mean if i Good. step back and just don't pity myself or anything like that i feel that this is right. this is great i'm on a great podcast i've written a book i'm Aww. have done a tv show that will be out in a couple of weeks i'm writing a book so yes. i'm just keeping myself busy and 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 uh, so it's good thank you and how are you and <laughs> I'm doing, you know, I'm doing pretty darn good. Uh, we're having, because of, uh, I believe, global warming, we're ha- basically, our winters now in the Midwest are pretty, they'll be like really bad, and then the next week it'll be like <laughs> springtime. So the weather is very confusing. I was out in shorts this morning, but tomorrow it's going to snow. So I'm like, what the yeah, hell yeah, is going yeah, on yeah. here? Uh, so it keeps me on my toes. But I want to ask a question. So in, I know a re- in Scandinavia, you you guys do have you have more hours of darkness during the winter than like uh in the United States. Yeah, I, I I mean I guess so. Yeah, because we're, we're uh, um, 
I mean, it. I guess it depends on where you where you're in in the United States. I mean, Canada, of course, can mm-hmm. be the same kind of darkness as in in Sweden. But um, uh, now I live outside Stockholm, so it's we have a couple of extra hours of daylight during the day. But uh, er, er, earlier okay. uh, up in the north, and then I'm I'm not kidding. We had like three hours of daylight in the middle of the day. Uh, uh, and it was it was horrible, really. I uh, uh, yeah. And yeah. then you go up, you know, it, it, really up north, and you will see the midnight sun, of course, where you have sunlight, you know, twenty four twenty four seven, which is it's it's fantastic too. <laughs> yeah. Or... Yeah, I, I I experienced it as a teenager. <clears throat> I was in Oslo, Norway, for a week with uh, my family, and. It was, I can't remember what time of the summer. I think it was early summer, but it really was like only dark for like two hours. <laughs> yes. And that was tripping me out so hard because I was like, it would be like time to go to bed or my parents were making us go to bed. And like, I was like, what? Is <laughs> yes. like, it was really well, You know, what, I, what I love about um, the Swedish summer, I, I know we're going to talk weirdness, but I, I love to talk about the Swedish. Of the course. Swedish... No, 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 no. I, I love talking about Swedish. <laughs> it's, it's, if this is just what we talk about, it's <laughs> great for me. <laughs> we have a very, very bright summers here, even in Stockholm, which is, uh, to me, is beautiful. But because that means you can roam the forests and the fields all night long. You can, you, you can be right. there at dusk. You can be there at dawn. You're not. I'm, I, I'm not scared of the darkness, you know, anything like that. But I'm, I'm, uh-huh. because I'm an old man. I'm, I'm my, my oh yeah right. my balance is a bit off and has been for a number of years so you know when you when you're walking in darkness over you know stones and and you know the kind of terrain yeah that's that I, I, in the summer i can do that anyway you know during the night right uh, because right. right i gotta imagine you're the four i mean I have not been to Sweden, but, you know, everything I've seen and pictures, I'm a huge Ingmar Bergman <laughs> fan. So, I, you know, I, I, I get a feel of the landscape. And, my God, you live yeah. in a beautiful yeah. place. I'm, I I, yeah, I'm very, very happy. I've talked many times about Mashta, this this uh, community. Do you say community or town or suburb mm-hmm. uh, I mm-hmm. live in now, uh, which is kind of, I mean, in the center of it, you have the stores, you have a lot of people, you know, you living here uh you have a a, a train station etc but if you walk like 10 maybe 20 minutes outside this this center of attention you have you have literally just forest and fields in most directions uh and uh, tons of grave mounds and rune stones and it's it's like um it's, it is a beautiful, fascinating place to live, and it's very inspiring, you know, to be out walking. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you guys have uh, socialized yeah. medicine. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, I mean, there are many things, uh, as a person who is not the biggest fan of <laughs> capitalism, uh, I, I envy your uh, governmental system yeah, yeah. you got going on. I mean, I, I've been to the, you know, I, I fell recently. I fainted and fell, and I hurt my head and i i lost uh, i became oh, unconscious no. here it was quite disturbing uh, so i had to go to the to the hospital and they checked me out and i've been back a couple of times to check everything and you know it cost me uh, the last two times cost me like uh, 30 dollars per visit and and now my next Dude. one which will be next week is free so now it's free for oh, for a God. year or so until you get up to a certain certain amount uh, uh so it's oh it's um the only thing that costs hell 
I, I used hell twice. I, I rarely use the word hell because I don't believe in hell. But the the the, what you yeah, what hell? Now I said it the third time. Is the dentist, of course. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah, yeah, do I do believe, uh, yeah. <laughs> the den- dentist is super expensive here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, it really so okay? Really. So I, I, I. Every time I've been to the dentist and say, "Oh, you have some problem here," and I say, "Pull it out." So I have like, I have <laughs> teeth missing in the, <laughs> because I just, yeah, just yank yeah, it yeah, yeah. I don't want to pay three thousand dollars for a you know a new tooth. Uh, Oh wow, that that so yeah, dentistry is uh, off the chart. I did not realize yeah. that. I guess you can. You know, I, I'm exaggerating, but you can actually go to uh, um, uh, kind of the government dentist, which is a lot cheaper, but it's still right. expensive, you know. And I'm, you know, I, yeah. I I rather spend my money on books and movies. That's the thing. Yep. Same here. <laughs> Same here. I'm all about that, you know, just spending on chewing gum and, and comic books, yes, man. Fun yes. money. <laughs> Well, Fred, while you know, while we're on the topic of you know, kind of life in Sweden, what what was life like for you growing up? How did you were you kind of interested in, you know, UFOs, high strangeness, and all these wonderful topics that we look? Well, I yeah, I'm um, yeah 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 absolutely, I loved it. But I also I I I, I lived in a very special community. It was, it was quite religious, conservative religious community which by oh. itself is quite weird. I often say that a lot of my, my interest uh, in this comes from living in a community like this, you know, with miracles and healings and speaking in tongues, etc., etc. Oh, wow. So it was like <laughs> yeah. pretty hardcore. I mean, if you're talking about like healings and speaking in tongues, yeah. that's, the, not, that's not your average. No, 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 no. It's, it's <laughs> very, very conservative. Uh, but, you know, little yeah. Freddy... Little shoppy Freddy, he he loved his UFOs and ghosts, and he thankfully I had I had a very very I have a very understanding mother who who when she found right. the book and she she understood that you know Fred is happy when reading things like this, <laughs> so I would say it's like it's you know my mom gave me books uh, and she told yeah. me to read and she also. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have stories in in our family about uh, you, know, um, you know gnomes, for example, or 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 uh, ghosts and, and and stuff like that that I heard a lot when I was a kid. So of course that made me more interested to to what what else is out there. So yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Oh well, we. I mean, you know what? I have to say, uh, I was lucky enough. Like you, my mother was a school teacher, so. She was all about reading, and I wanted to read, you know, books about spontaneous human combustion, <laughs> UFOs, Bigfoot, weird stuff. So I was the little kid at like seven years old going to the New Age occult section of the bookstore during the 80s satanic panic. So I, I think my mom was getting a lot of dirty looks from uh, the people running the bookstores, but she didn't care. She was like, he will read these things. He won't read other stuff. And I just <laughs> so. My mom actually, like, didn't, I mean, like, you know, she wasn't by me, like, super, like, you know, the anarchist cookbook mm. or anything. But, you know, like, I was allowed to read kind of whatever I wanted. And I think because when you're interested in UFOs and stuff, you start reading above your level mm-hmm. because you're so interested in this stuff. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, you know, I, I feel lucky like that as well as you to be uh, 
able to have read the stuff yeah. when I was a kid. I, th- I think there's yeah. also a connection between uh, uh, fiction here because I I started off reading horror very very early, uh, horror and murder mysteries mm. from Agatha Christie to Stephen King, and I was very very young when I started reading right. that. And those, especially Stephen King, uh, have often some kind of of uh, uh, connection to the paranormal or the super, supernatural. I remember yeah. reading uh, Tommy Knockers much later, of course. And I'm, uh-huh. I might be one of the few people in this world who actually loves Tommy Tommy Knockers. It's 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 a. I know it's a coke filled, crazy man's rambling, but it's a great coked up man's <laughs> insane ramblings i think you know uh and it has a ufo look we be we be lying to ourselves if a, we we denied the fact that a lot of great works of art have be have come from drug fueled <laughs> yes. uh, musicians writers <laughs> filmmakers i mean like so uh you know i'm not down on the drugs if you if, if king had to you know snort a kilo of cocaine to get that book uh, written God bless, I mean, baby. I, I guess you've seen Maximum Overdrive, probably the most coked up movie. Oh, yeah. I, I love that movie. It has flaws. I, do I too. love it. It's great fun, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, that, gosh, I, there, I have so many things I want to talk to you about. Oh. And I know I'm jumping all over the place. But I have noticed one thing that you and I have in common is that we do have a love for like 80s, 90s kind of, I don't want to say trash movies, but like B movies and Oh, yeah, yeah, movies. yeah. yeah. Like you, you love a good cold. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I love, uh, I love all kinds of movies, and I love the genre yeah. uh, especially. But I have a fondness for direct-to-video movies from the eighties and nineties. Yeah. There's a lot of uh-huh. great stuff there. There's a lot of bad stuff too. But there's, they have because the, I mean, the budgets weren't that high, so they had to work with often yeah. quite nifty scripts and you know try to do something with the little money they had you know uh, absolutely it's it, well yeah and, and when you can make a movie under those kinds of constraints and it's entertaining all these years later you have achieved something oh yeah, pretty great oh yeah absolutely i i i have i have a difficult time really thinking bad things about movies in general because i know how fucking difficult it is to to make a movie yeah it's, it's insane it's it's yeah. actually yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it truly is it like takes 10 years off your life it's fun but like it's fun to be a part of a movie like to act mm-hmm. in a movie or you know i'm be a producer or a writer or whatever but like when you're in control of it i was in control of a movie one time in my life and it nearly uh-huh. like broke uh-huh. me i was not prepared for it i thought it was gonna be a lot of fun and games it was just gonna all come together perfectly like i was having nervous breakdowns every day walking onto the set like literally like Oh my god, I'm out of my depth here. What am I doing? I'm a fraud. <laughs> like <laughs> I lied my way into this. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, like I've, yeah. I mean you and you and you've worked in TV and you know, TV I mean, you've done a lot of paranormal. Yeah, TV, I've right? done by now I've done uh, quite a lot. I was the segment producer for a very popular long running paranormal show called The Unknown, the Ushenda where uh, families, often families, had problems with ghosts, and we sent a psychic medium there to clean up the trash. No, or at least, yes. <laughs> or at least communicate with grandma, whoever is you know, mucking yeah. around there. Um, <laughs> and then I did, I was the researcher and, um, I don't know what you call it in English, story producer uh, for a, uh-huh. a, a show called Spökjakt, which means ghost hunt. Uh, the sixth season yes. is is uh, broadcasted later this year, 
hugely it's a big big popular show we won the actually we have this tv gala in sweden it's like the emmys basically and right. we won uh, the, the first year we won the the audience award you know the the favorite show uh, and they changed the and that's great. That's what yeah, matters. Yeah, the exactly. Like exactly. The... <laughs> and then they yeah. changed rules, the TV gala, so they would try to stop us from not to win the next year. So we won the second year anyway, and the third year, and the fourth year. Hell yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah. And now I've that's done great. a UFO show, and that's my, it's my uh, dream project, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to kind of follow along with uh because you know you would kind of like give updates on where you were and you were traveling all over the place. You even came to the states. Would you actually mind talking about because the show's coming? Yeah, out it, soon, it right? comes out in like five weeks or something like that. We're, oh my god, that's that's yeah. that's, that's we, just we, around we, the corner, <laughs> bud. But like, yeah, give me give me a little bit of like what this show, what you guys were trying to accomplish, some of the places you went, and maybe if you wouldn't mind sharing some of the experiences. I would. Yeah, I will see it. what I can reveal. You know, the broadcaster, yeah. they're so yeah, sensitive. I know, I know. Uh, um, <laughs> well, uh, first of all, this is, I guess this is the first time something similar has been done in Sweden. So the Swedish audience aren't really that, they don't have so much knowledge about the subject. We have Ufosveria, which I'm a member of and active in, a, a, a very serious organization deals with UFOs and mm-hmm. uh, unexplained phenomena. Um, but but the subject itself, it's more um, comic relief thing. So, but during the last couple of years, of course, since the famous 2017 leaked videos, you know, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. it's been a renewed <laughs> interest in the subject. So we decided. To, to do a documentary show in four episodes, four parts, where we're going to talk about the phenomenon itself, not necessarily come with, um, you know, an answer or something like that. But, you know, the, right. the, the first episode is about the phenomenon itself. And then we goes over quite fast to, to um, um, kind of, cover-ups and more of the darker side of of everything and then in the third episode we're discussing among other things the stigma uh among uh, the scientists Uh etc to and uh, you know ordinary people so also to talk about this and uh, the fourth episode we're going to try to do like a conclusion somehow and uh, and the host is felix hankin who's a very very famous actor and comedian and director here and he loves ufos so it's kind of thanks to him right. that he was involved that this happened you know uh so we went to the united states we visited area 51 we met uh, great we met uh, a bunch of really interesting people from uh, uh, geraldine orozco i think her name is she's an abductee uh, we met mm-hmm. uh, thomas kansig from the raelian movement uh, oh, <laughs> but, wow! But we also met we also That's met awesome. like Avi Loeb and 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 sure. uh, had an interview with uh, um, Christopher Mellon and you know that those wow you got some these are yeah some big we, there's a lot of great guests in 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 this show that that was just a few there's more of course uh, but yeah. my the 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 part of the show I love the most except that I mean I mean I, I'm in this show uh, I I thought they would. I would end it up on the on the cutting room floor, uh, 
but uh, <laughs> I, I've heard I'm still in it, so that's good. Uh, if they know what they're doing, they're keeping you in it. Or they're they're putting yeah, yeah. you all over the place, Fred. You're good. I promise you, you're yeah. good TV, my friend. I, I know. I know what I'm talking about <laughs> Thank here. You. Thank you. Well, the most important, most important part of the show for me was that in every episode we have one Swedish case where we go to the location, we meet the witnesses and uh, and let them talk. Let them talk about their experience. No judgment, no you know, we have we, we have conversations sometimes. Could this be this or that or everything? Uh, uh-huh. So that was very important for me uh, to to kind of capture th- four very very interesting ufo cases that happened in sweden from the 70s and up to 2011 i think is, is the newest one mm-hmm. um so that that meant a lot and it felt so cool to meet these people where yeah these witnesses which I, i've only read about them you know in research material in books yeah. and suddenly i'm there and i for me to to hang out with these people and get to know them they're all of them are awesome people you know it's it's like uh, I didn't expect anyone to be crazy or anything like that, but uh, right. uh, it was like a, such a surprise how normal these people are, how how beautiful they are, how kind they are, and it's so nice of them to to share this with us. You know, uh, that's great, and that's a great. I mean, I'm I'm hope you guys were also able to capture how beautiful, how nice and kind these people were, because I think you know a lot of, you know, not people like us who are you know have been interested in this stuff for a long time but i think a lot of people who have a mild interest or just kind of like you know don't read about this topic or know much about it i think they assume you know even like scientists i've heard neil degrasse tyson he's like how come it's always some guy in a trailer park that sees this stuff and i'm like well that first off that's like very elitist to say Mm -hmm. but like i I don't love that sentiment but i think there is this stigma i think it's probably changing a little bit in the states but that People who see UFOs are wackadoos. <laughs> That's just been what the majority of people think in, in, in America. And from actually talking to witnesses and having people on my show, it could not be that, – that is so – such a bad generalization mm-hmm. to make. These people are – they're just like – this stuff happens to the most normal yeah. people in the entire world. It, it, I don't think this, I don't think the phenomenon is choosing uh, – people's psychological state yeah and it, <laughs> absolutely know? true and wh- what i always find very very powerful when talking to them is when you realize how much things have changed for them since they had their experience because all of them right. have a much more respect for the world for nature for uh, it's been tough sometimes, you know, it's it's when you see something totally mm-hmm. otherworldly. I mean, there, there is some frustration and I guess, but also you have this part uh, when you manage, you, you have this insight that there might be something more here. And somehow it feels like everyone has gotten happier from it, uh, more. Yeah comfortable in life and i i that's my i i love that i i think that's i i sometimes i wonder maybe that's why people have experiences to have that insight to see something else yeah yeah it may be something that is necessary personally for a person and they have you know having this kind of i mean like it's hard to you know i mean like you can 
you know, a, a miracle experience or a UFO experience or even experience like with a cryptid or a ghost, they all kind of elicit, although I haven't had one, but I, I, it seems like when I read about it, they all kind of elicit the same reaction. That there's something bigger and mm-hmm. greater, and maybe don't sweat the small stuff, <laughs> you know, in life. But, but what I, and, and you know, we, we, I'm gonna put a pin in your book now because we're definitely gonna get to that. But that is one thing you really showed me in the book that you wrote, uh, Northern Lights, that the effect on the witnesses and, and how, and how they're, because those are really the questions we mm-hmm. can't ask. I think that's some of the most important data that we can gather is when you, people have these extraordinary encounters how did mm-hmm. it affect them you know like what was going on in their life at the time did it change their life you know like these are great questions to ask and i feel like you do a very ah, good job so, of <laughs> thank you yeah you know because it's 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 fascinating because uh, some people i only read about some i talk in telephone some i meet and it's mm-hmm. interesting to follow their journey from this from those original reports that was written in the 70s and 80s and 90s and up and see how they've gone from maybe shock and worry to, to it's like they've, they've landed in, in, in what they've been through, you know, and uh, I, 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 I like, I like seeing that. I like hearing that. I like, I, I, you know, I love hearing people talk about their experiences in general. I think that's fantastic, really. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, I, I, uh, I interviewed Mike Cleland earlier this week, and I'm sure you know who Mike Cleland is. And, you know, I, I have been a fan of his work and his blog and, you know, the way he talks about his experience. And he kept on using the word like transformation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That and I was like, that's such a good word to use. And he's like, when people have these experiences, there is an initiation slash transformation that could. I mean, it's not like a a rule that that always happens, but you do hear about that. And it kind of sounds like, just from reading your work, that that is sort of like what you're coming across too. Is that and transformation doesn't have to be like, oh, my life was took a total one eighty. It could be a very it, it, it's in varying degrees, but there is something transformative about high mm-hmm. strangers. Yeah, 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 definitely. And um, I kind of wish I had one myself, you know. Um, you know, I, I want to experience, you know, I've seen some stuff, etc., but not, you know, that that massive event that I would write books after book about and milk in podcasts everywhere. No, it's, it's it hasn't happened. You know, it hasn't happened and probably never will. But Yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean that's how that's how I feel like and I, yeah I'm kind of one of those pe- like I'm always I every chance I get I try to put myself in the position to experience something whether it's roaming around like a tree line by a cornfield where <laughs> people have seen uh, Bigfoot or going out to landing sites where people have you know flying saucers land in the 60s I go out there and there is something about feeling the magic mm-hmm. of place mm-hmm. where these things allegedly happened we know a lot of times we don't know if they happen, you know they occurred or not but that's not even really the point sometimes just going to these locations at least for me personally it's very powerful it's like um what do you call it psychogeography it's like a magic in the in the in the in the by moving through these environments and and walking or bicycling or just being there sit down i mean i i do the same i do the same if i know that a ufo has landed over there 
course I take my bike and go there or I take the bus or whatever, wherever yeah. it is. Uh, I remember once a couple of years ago, I was at a wedding in south of Sweden and we had a couple of hours left one Sunday morning before the wedding. And it's like, what should we do now? This is just a boring town. And I was like, well, maybe a couple of, you know, 10, 20 kilometers from here, there was a UFO landing. So we, I, I, my partner is very, very understanding. So we took the train. We went on a train on this wedding day. You know, every anything could have happened because the trains are always delayed and fucked up in this country. And we went there. We walked an hour through the forest, came to this meadow or what you what as you call it, and there was a, a, a statue of flying saucer there, which is even cooler. And and we was there for like yeah. twenty minutes, and then oh fuck, we need to go back to the wedding now. But it's worth it definitely absolutely i can't think of a better way to kill a couple before a wedding (laughs) for sure for sure yeah hey fred so recently uh first off i can't recommend following fred on twitter enough uh it's always entertaining and insightful but you have been discussing an older case that you've been kind of trying to track down and if i'm remembering correctly and i'm very likely might not be uh it involves a troll a red-headed troll from was was the person who witnessed it in politics well, there yeah like, well uh, here's the thing uh it, it, yeah g- give us a little thumbnail yeah it, of what, it uh, will be a little thumbnail because i don't know because you you, you had you had a, yeah, little, a little bit of a breakthrough, breakthrough yeah didn't you? when i was yeah. young i young younger uh i don't remember when i i remember i saw headlines where it said my memory, you know, memories is, it's, it's you can't trust memory, but my memory <laughs> was that a German diplomat, politician or something like that, had been in Stockholm and was out driving, and there was a troll, a short troll, maybe one meter, 120, uh, running either over the road or beside the road, and it had red hair. And, and he actually mentioned this in, in, in newspapers or gossip magazines, I'm not sure. And since then, I've been trying to find this because it's like there's no information at all about this. And I'm, you know, I'm searching for orange. troll with orange hair or red hair or German, you know, everything, every combination. I ask my yeah. colleagues at UFO Sverige, and here we have people who... They have been living this since the 70s. You know, they know everything. They have the archives for the unexplained. No, nothing. Then I find one guy on a folklore group on, on group on Facebook who asked the same question. Do you remember that episode when a German politician saw a, a troll with, an, with the orange hair running over the road? And I felt, oh, I'm not alone. It's not someone else has seen it. So I've been looking and looking and looking yeah. and uh, just... One or two days ago, I I posted it on my Facebook again. Uh, that do anyone recognize this? I mean, this guy in, in this group and me, we remember this. And then someone posted a photo. He had taken a photo of a, of some kind of magazine, and uh, with a short paragraph where it said that French Nobel Prize winner Jean Marie Gustave Le Clésio, uh claims to have seen a troll with red hair. Uh, uh, running over the road uh, uh, when he was out driving with his wife, something like that. So it's French yeah, Nobel yeah, Prize exactly. winner. And, 
Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I love so, this. <laughs> but you know, that's basically so far as far as I've, I've you know, I, I can't find any articles. I, I find articles where he mentioned this, uh, you know, interviews from the time, but he kind of mentioned it, you know, on the side a little bit, you know. Oh, anyway, I, we, me and my wife saw a troll with orange hair or red hair. Uh, but I know that there was whole articles about it during the time. This was in 2008, probably. Uh, um, wow. So I'm, I'm on the hunt for that. I, I suspect that this might have sh- uh, ended up in some kind of gossip magazine, you know, um, which are harder to find, you know, because people don't look for UFO or weirdness material in those. They just look for rich celebrities with Botox things going on yeah. uh, so so I'm, I, I, I and I mean he's still alive he's 83 years old and I'm like hmm is there a way I can uh, can I write a letter to him can I find his publisher or something yes. just ask for a more detailed uh, report oh a follow- yeah I know huge. but I, I'm uh, yeah I'm not entirely sure where to <laughs> to contact him I will see if you have a Swedish publisher maybe I can they can refer my letter to him or something like that. I mean, you know, you can try a couple different avenues. I know it it, it is hard to get. Uh, I, I've there, there's. I'm thinking of one. I can't. I don't want to really mention the name, but there is one uh, kind of quasi famous UFO story in Nebraska. I've been trying to hunt down information on, and it happened to someone who is in politics. And it's been a real, and they're really old now. But I've been trying to get a hold of them, and I I I. I know my letter was received. I just <laughs> haven't heard back because I, I followed up and they're like, "Yeah, we got your letter," <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> you can only push so hard, but you know, I, I would say to you, man, mm-hmm. keep going because I am invested in this uh, French Nobel Prize winner. Yeah, me too. Me too. So yeah, I, I I will continue. I one day, one day. Yes, no, I believe in you. I I know you'll you'll make this happen. Now let me ask you this because. On the subject of trolls, I when uh, I was in Norway when I was a teenager, I remember, and I was very into UFOs. I was likely reading a you know conspiratorial UFO book, you know X Files kind of like that's what I was into when I was a teenager. Really salacious, like you know government cover up stuff. <laughs> and you know, I'm, it's embarrassing now when I we've all been there. But, um, yeah, we've all been. You, it's kind of mm-hmm. a place you start, right? Because uh, yeah. it's exciting. Because you're like, if only I could get into Area 51, all the answers would be solved. <laughs> I bought it all, Bob Lazar. I, I ate it up like it was an ice cream sundae. But <laughs> what I what I would say is, uh, when I was in Norway, I noticed that there was a lot of troll mm-hmm. imagery. And you know, we, we were going to very touristy spots, and they were always selling like troll. And, like, I guess gnomes, maybe, but, like, dolls and stuff. And it seemed to me, my my impression was, they take this folklore kind of seriously. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to Norway, they have a much more serious attitude to, to uh, uh, these f- f- nature spirits, you can call them, or, or uh-huh. trolls or, or gnomes. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I guess, you have you seen the movie Troll on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love And the then you have Troll Hunter, which is great. Um, so they have yeah. a, a very loving relationship with the, their trolls, even if, if they're very big and ugly. Uh, the troll part is kind of it's kind of disappeared in Sweden. I found a f- few, very very few modern observations of people 
think they've seen trolls. Uh, but the the, right. the 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 gnomes. Do you see? Do you hear? Do you pronounce it gnome or gnome? Gnome. Yeah. Gnome. Okay. Thank gnome. you. Because yeah. I heard yeah. some really serious heavy researchers say gnome, and he's and that's. I was like, what? What have I? Have I been fooled? Yeah, I, I mean, maybe, maybe no. I've been wrong over these years, but I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, okay. sure it's no. I mean, it's good. Uh, but gnomes, uh, which is not really gnomes, you know, in the classical sense, this elemental, this nature elementals, uh, is is a slightly different yeah. thing. But they kind of look the same. There's, you know, there's there's uh-huh. uh, short men around one meter in in length, uh, with uh, often men. I, I would say ninety nine. 0.9% men with a beard and a pointy hat. You know, it's a classic gnome look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and these figures, we call them Tomte or Nisse, uh, has been in the Swedish okay. culture for, uh, I mean, a thousand years, maybe. You you can find mm-hmm. the earliest mention of it in the, at least uh, in the 1300, um, where uh, the, 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 what, how do you pronounce it? St. Ber- uh, Bridget of Sweden. She, in one of her uh, vision quest books, I don't know how to... <laughs> she, she talks about coming to a farm where uh, the, the family uh, are worshipping the gnomes instead of God. They put out offerings like milk, for example, or, or porridge. Yeah, so Hell she yeah. was very, very upset about that. Uh, so, so gnomes in Sweden. I, I say gnomes now; it's easy. Gnomes in Sweden was kind of considered right. a, a devilish thing. Minions, uh, mi- mi- minions oh, from really? hell. What, what... Oh my god! Yeah, I did not they, know they that. have. So they kind of there's like a demonic bend to a lot of how yeah at, of at the time at least. Uh, I mean, uh, I think the church mm-hmm. was kind of annoyed that people cared more about the, the gnomes than uh, than Jeebus and, and God and everything like that. So so <laughs> maybe they tried to push that agenda. I don't know. There there is an old legend, a story being told numerous times that when when God threw out Lucifer from heaven together with his minion, they landed on earth and when they landed in the mountains they turned into trolls. Um, and when they landed in the forest, they turned into Skogsro, which is a seductive woman with a hole in her back. And when they landed, when they landed on Whoa. farms, they became uh, gnomes. Uh, so that was kind of the, the attitude. There was something radical, some something dangerous, and they still. They're, they're not entirely friendly. They're quite grumpy and and yeah. can be very. You know, <laughs> radical in their behavior on the farm. If you don't treat them well, they right. can say they're quite spoiled. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. I mean, you know, you can say the same thing about the occupants oh, of the yes. UFOs throughout throughout history. You know, you, you get some nice ones, you get some ones who are really like <laughs> weird, and then you get ones who want to perform surgeries on yes, you. And, exactly. you know, like, so it does. It does. I mean, like, <clears throat> do you see? And like, you know, I obviously. Uh, Jacques Vallée in his prime was writing some great work, uh, you know, some great stuff. The first time I ever encountered, I guess, kind of the, you know, comparative analysis between fairy lore and some of the Scandinavian lore and, you know, UFOs. And it's hard to deny a lot of the similarities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, you, you can't deny it. It's so similar. Uh, I mean, we have, we have, of course, tons of older legends in Sweden where, where people are basically kidnapped by, by fairies or, or uh, little people or whatever. There's several yeah. quite detailed 
detailed accounts how they you know, end up there meeting tiny little men with pointy hats or, or they can also meet Vettar. Vettar is a very, very small, even smaller uh, character who kind of lives in the forest and under stones and rocks, etc. Uh, but yeah, we, we had a couple of uh, a very, very interesting one from the 30s and 40s where people met uh, uh, gnomes uh, and the gnomes uh, left in what you could consider a flying saucer. It's, it's not really the shape of a flying saucer, but they there is this hovering light and the gnomes are you know entering that after doing their work, whatever they're doing, scaring people. Amazing. And the, <laughs> the light takes off and disappears. We have several several of those. And that's you know it's so it's very, very similar. You know, it's just uh, it's just the appearance yeah. of the of the characters walking into the, the the flying saucer or whatever it is uh, so there there's one of my favorite stories and i've i will do it very shortly uh, no, no, it's, it's, no 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 my god i'm i'm really really i think it's weird that chuck Valley never has brought this case up it's from 1979 it's in a small town of westervik and you have this girl lilian she's 16 at the time and she can't sleep it's a full moon she can't sleep and she's restless. It's, uh, I don't remember, it's winter at least. So she takes a walk. She goes out from her apartment and, and walks like uh, around, um, uh, I think I mentioned it in the book. They, they, they walk around a forested area and she meets, a, sees a UFO, a flying saucer and two beings standing outside. And they offer her uh, a piece of chocolate. They come close to her and stretch out their, their hand okay. with chocolate. And she's so scared. So she, she, she don't dare to take the chocolate. So the, 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 these, these aliens become tired of her and just walks away and flies away. But <laughs> there you have a classic case of food offering. Uh, you know, if she had accepted that chocolate, maybe she would have been abducted or ended up somewhere else. Uh, right. But it's, it's weird, really weird that... Um, it's not more well known because it's a. I've actually I was in contact with her. She's in her sixties now, and uh, I really oh, no wanted kidding. to interview her for this book. Uh, uh, but she said she didn't want to talk about it. But uh, she confirmed that this happened during the night. It still, even even in this day and age, she she sticks with the story. But uh, I'm I'm afraid I, I maybe one day I try to ask her once a year. You know, I, you know, yeah. one day. You <laughs> yes. want to talk? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a follow yeah. up. <laughs> I'll bring you, I'll bring you yes. some pastry, you know, like. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I love little people. I mean, the, uh, little, uh, yeah. tiny humanoids. I'm not sure what you call them, like yes. the umbrella term for them, but right. hidden folks, whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm always trying to find like kind of like an all purpose label for, uh, entities off a flying sauce and it's hard because like you know you would i guess you can just call them aliens you know but like yeah there's you know there's a lot of it is with yeah that word. There, there is yeah i agree and it's it's a bit so at the moment i'm trying to not call everything a gnome because it's not gnomes uh yeah. but it's also such a nice word i like the word gnome it is. It rolls out the tongue better. I like. I prefer it to aliens. So maybe I'm gonna try to get that started over in, in America here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Jo- I'm gonna copy you and try to spread <laughs> yes. gnomes. 
See, all these gnomes and flying saucers, man. <laughs> That'll make all the disclosure people yeah. very upset, too. So that might that yeah. might be a fun thing to do. It's like, well, the government has some uh, some uh, crashed UFOs and bodies of gnomes. <laughs> that's, that's great. Jeremy Corbell will yeah. come after yes. you one, I think. <laughs> no, it's aliens! <laughs> yeah, listen. Yeah, the, the little ones. Yeah, see, you and I, uh, I, I, I knew this before I read your book, but when I read your book, I, it just felt to me like, I feel the same way when I read Josh Cudgens' books, where I'm like, thank God somebody is writing about this kind of stuff and these kinds of encounters. Because for me, it's like, I love, I love everything about UFOs, the ephemera, the way it looks. I even love, like, yeah. hoaxes. <laughs> Like I, I, I always say like, you know, I, I do not believe the Billy Meyer stuff is genuine yet. I think his pictures and he, I think he's yeah. a wonderful photographer and I find some of his like you old UFO photographs where, you know, it's, it's a metal flying saucer, really kind of junky looking flying over like at magic hour over this beautiful prairie mm-hmm. in Switzerland. Aesthetically. I mean, like I, I would have those framed all over my house. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gorgeous. I, I just want to cut in here that I, I absolutely love a good hoax. I think hoaxes are important and mm-hmm. belongs belongs in this too. culture, this subject, actually. One of my yeah. favorite ho- hoaxes, and I can't remember the name of the guy now. I've been sitting here. I think he's <laughs> called, he called himself like Cedric Allingham or something like that. Yeah, per, perfect. A British guy. So he published a book where he had photos of, of flying saucers. He had photos of an alien uh, and... But yes. it's all a hoax. This was, this book was published yeah. in the 50s or something. And he, so he just he right. just put a fake mustache on a body of his who had to pretend to be this author. And it's such a great book. I love the book. It's it's not bad. You know, it's just made up totally. Yeah. But it's it's not bad. It's a yeah. good UFO book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, no, you said something that I, I, I could not agree with more. Hoaxes are important to the whole, like, story mm-hmm, of ufos mm-hmm. and, and like w- what was the motivation how did they make people leave how did this change the yeah. current narrative of ufos i mean like you know i mean if you think about even kind of like in the united states where there was so much disinformation being put into the ufo field <laughs> in the 80s and 90s and probably still today i think very much so today it has a big effect on society and oh, yeah. culture hoaxes do just as much as the genuine the mm. genuine cases but I also the I, I totally agree with you I think it's uh, I, I I enjoy reading about the hoax and then realize that this hoax generated a lot of other stories you know people see the, you know you have a bigfoot in a special place maybe it was a fake people still continue yes. to see continue to see bigfoot there for example you know I love that it's it's, it's that's I it's like too. it's like a <laughs> It's like something esoteric, something occult, some you know, tulpa, egregore, whatever. Yeah. You know, something is manifested into our reality somehow, maybe. <laughs> I I agree. I mean, it, you know, it kind of goes. You know, I I always think about this. I, I always think about like uh, where twin. There's a this. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but there was you know, Twin Peaks is one of my favorite. Uh, to me, it's my favorite like representation of high strangeness in media and. If you go to the town where it was shot, Snoqualmie, Washington, I've been there. It's wonderful. But people from all over the world still to this day go over there and make a pilgrimage to kind of feel the vibe of, like, Twin Peaks. And part of me is, like, if enough people go there 
and are like me and kind of like, well, there's <laughs> some kind of reality to this world. Are we going to create the Black Lodge and like, you know, Bob and like, you, you know, know, like, I'm like, I, I, not that I believe that, but I'm always like, you know, it's, it's not so far from the truth. I, I remember, uh, I, th- I think it is in Cosmic Trigger, uh, Robert Anton Wilson's book, where he mentioned his involvement in creating the Illuminati myth during the 60s together yeah. with what's his name. Uh, uh, and he writes that to his surprise suddenly representatives from Illuminati in certain cities began to call him or write letters and and he's like all right let's let's go with it you know it's like it's taken up it's taken up its own life basically I know it's wild I mean part of me and this is you know I would never do this but part of me has always thought like if you could get like a little bit of money together with a PR team and create like a really great mm-hmm. hoax. It would be a super interesting sociological study to see how it affected a small area. Would other people yeah, start reporting yeah, things mm-hmm. or would people like, you know, you know, 20 years before this hoax happened, say like, oh yeah, that's true. I saw a Bigfoot in this place too. It would just be interesting to see what it would bring forth in, in a, in a sense mm-hmm. of data. But like, I wouldn't want to be the person to do it, but, I think it would be an interesting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would. I wouldn't have the, the heart to do it myself because I. I, I don't want no, to. No. Yeah. But if someone else do it, then I can study it. Yeah. You know, if I don't have to be involved, if I need, if I, yeah. Me too. That's a, yeah. If I can be on the sidelines <laughs> with my with my pad and paper writing down. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, uh, sorry. Now I'm all over the place, but this is just how I roll over here. Uh, I noticed that in you know in Northern Lights in your book that a lot of the cases, not all of them, but kind of come from the '60s, '70s, and '80s. And immediately, I kind of you know made the comparison to America, where that is when the highest of, that, that I know of, the highest strange, the real weird cases of ufo occupants and humanoid encounters and you know we should have rob christopherson yeah. <laughs> on here to talk about that because he, he he's my he's my humanoid guru uh he's my mentor and that stuff but it does seem like in the same time period where america was experiencing this really high strangeness in association with ufos and other things over in sweden it was kind of happening mm. at the same time am, am, am i am i yeah, yeah absolutely uh, absolutely correct i I, I don't have an answer wh- why it is like that, but but right. if if I'm looking um, especially at the uh, UFO uh, uh, literature at the time, uh, 60s, 70s, 70s, and partly the 80s, and uh, and the books, you know, everything like that, you can sense a a, a, a beautiful occult vibe uh, to 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 most. You know, people don't exclude you know they i mean I, today i was reading about uh, a case in 1974 where there was two boys who saw two rings floating in there and the investigators from ufo sverige where i'm on the board at the moment they 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 came there with dowsing rods to do the investigation uh, so yeah i love that <laughs> but, <it's>, uh, <laughs> but yes, I, I think there, there, there was a, a way more open uh, uh, open minds to you know weird stuff you know strange stuff uh, right. otherworldly right. stuff I think that now of course I'm just speculating here I'm mansplaining 
uh, that may, may, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> We're all about speculation yeah. here, man. Like it's fun. Maybe the 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 lack somehow of of um, of belief. I'm not saying people have obviously. I mean, it's more insane than ever. But there, there, there's been a, a shift in the belief system, uh, something that was naturally there in the in, at least in Sweden um, uh, during the 50s, 60s, and, and 70s. Uh, 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 it was there, and then it was phased out, uh, which also brought in a more realistic view a more scientific view mm-hmm. on the phenomenon and that's it that's yeah. when the imagination disappeared and people saw less weird stuff uh i'm just rambling here of course but I'm, i've been i no, that you know i've never thought about that yeah. and i love that i love what um, you just said it's it's because I'm, I'm so curious myself you know because it can't be just mm-hmm. i mean the last 20 years in sweden has been quite boring to be honest you know people just see a dot in the sky and you know it's it's not yeah it's like same here stuff like that yeah but yeah yeah Uh, yeah wake me up when something interesting happens it's it's like (laughs) i i I think it's very very closely to people's imagination and nowadays when we're bombarded with information and visuals and everything blah 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 we we as a human species don't have the imagination we had before i think of course we have imagination both you and me have imagination but it maybe it's not so built into our consciousness as before right right we've seen too much been bombarded by too many images through movies film tiktok that is so deeply fascinating what you just Uh said about a minute ago that maybe some of this is tied up with like the current times mm-hmm. of our imagination. Mm-hmm. I have actually never thought about it like that. That is, I'm like writing that down. That is, uh, that is a breakthrough way to think about this stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm like kind of in shock. I, I love mean, that I, so I, much. Fred. I need to clarify um, that I don't think that imagination by itself is unreal. I mean, imagination is, yeah. it's a reality. It's a form of reality. So I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that people are just imagining things. I think that their imagination might have a part of what they're seeing. I, I, you know, I am of that sort of like, you know, ask me in a month, <laughs> I may change my mind, but I do think there is a co-creational. Ah, yeah. and when I say, I think I like the idea that there is a co-creational aspect to the high strange experience. And, you know, and, and you know, that kind of goes back to, uh, you know, passport to Magonia where what the phenomenon for lack of a better word does sort of mirror culture and mm-hmm. society and religion and you know a lot of thing you know a lot of what's happening at that time whatever the phenomenon of ufos are it will kind of be specific to where they are in the evolutionary yeah, yeah. It's, path. it's like like we were talking about i mean uh, uh, gnomes and, and fairies and you know the, this whole folklore thing it's it's uh yeah i you know i i don't know shit to be honest but i that's my that's what feels good when I'm talking about it. It feels yeah. good. <laughs> and, and, and that's a great way to put it because I, yeah, like I never, when I, I don't even like to say, I think this is what it is. It, that's not necessarily true. It's like, I like yes. that idea. Right 
You know, it's and, I'm, and like every three months, I sort of have a new like little like detail I'll add to my idea mm-hmm. about UFOs, and I'm like, great, and I'll drop that one, and then in a year from now, I'll have something totally different. But that is the fun. I think when once you have like fixed beliefs in this stuff, and you're like, well, aliens are you know extraterrestrials or interdimensional, whatever. The fun <laughs> yes. <is>. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> when people are saying, like, well, no, I think that's kind of like the new hipster thing with like UFOs. Like, well, man, yeah, I don't think they're like necessarily like extraterrestrials, but they're like more interdimensional. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? I mean, even dimensions are kind of like a theory, you know, like, so that's not really like, it's kind of a non-answer, which is fine, but people seem very have a lot of conviction when they say that and i'm like All right. yeah I, yeah absolutely <laughs> but, I'm, I'm, I'm trying really not to 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 set my mind to to a, a certain belief i think I, I i i added that to the book actually where i i said i don't yeah necessary i don't remember how i put it but i i clarified that viewpoint i love these stories i want to talk about these stories no yeah. matter if they're true or not <laughs> actually that rings trust me that that rings loud and clear in your book where you're like and i i love the way you allow yourself to speculate (laughs) you know and like because that is really a part of the fun thing it's like you 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 honor the story the story is the important part it we'll never know if it's true or not these stories a lot most of the time but the stories are important and then when you gather all these stories you can start finding Mm -hmm. these commonalities and these commonalities and patterns and motifs that keep showing up that allows us to ask better questions. And so I think you ask great questions in this in these books and you there's no judgment, which is so judgment-free <laughs> your book. It, that's why it was another really pleasant thing to read because I think like you didn't infuse like like well, this is probably <laughs> bullshit, but I'm going to tell the story anyway. I'm like that's no way to preface a story. You're honoring the yeah. stories. You're you're preserving this stuff in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Not to mention you're not afraid to use humor and point out the funny mm-hmm. aspect of this stuff. So for, I, it, it just really hits me in the sweet spot. Oh, right? thank you. Well thank done. you. I like how you brought up preserving because I, I, I feel yeah. uh, why I'm focusing on these Swedish stories is, of course, that there's very little written in English about them. I want to write in English uh, because I love writing English. I lo- For some reason, I prefer that before Swedish to, to, to write. Um, Interesting. Um, but it... it uh, uh, yeah, that's what I've I've seen myself doing. I I'm preserving these stories for an English language audience because they would never right. reach out from Swedish literature or or Swedish databases or or, or you know yep. they they would stay there and yeah and yeah. they they deserve to be told from mountains etc. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and and by reading your book, we I learned that because I I would say like if you are deeply into this stuff, and I guess into it in a way where like you maybe grew up reading old ballet books or Keel books, you were gonna find a comfy home in reading Fred's book because it really is. It's not. There's no agenda, and I feel like with a lot of like you know the mainstream UFO books, they're like telling you what it is how it is read this book and you will i will reveal the truth about roswell and it, it was just it, it, was, it was so your it, it was really refreshing to me because i feel like it i truly feel like your book is one of the most important uh, I, 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 one 
I hadn't heard about any of these cases. And like, you know, it comes to a point where I've, I've read and looked at so much. I'm like, God, have I kind of heard them all at this point? And I'm like, I read Fred's book and I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't <laughs> stop reading it. Like I told you, I read it in two sittings. It was like delightful. <laughs> so I, I think I wish more people or like more books would cross over to, because I feel like there's like this Mer- American exceptionalism when it comes to UFOs where it's like, well, America, we kind of have core the market on the UFO thing. Uh, you know, like in any case that happens internationally, it's like, yeah, whatever. You know, like, but that couldn't be further oh, yeah. from the truth. Like, I feel like we're doing bad research if we're just focusing yeah, on one country. T- 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 tons of cases in Europe and, and Sweden and Norway yeah. and Finland. And uh, I, I mean, I, I, I've been reading two books about uh, uh, observations and encounters in uh, old Soviet and Russia, for example. There's, I mean, mm. they're. They're the strangest shit since you know South America, basically. You know, and but I mean, it's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Uh, and I and I love that. I, I truly, truly love that. I was reading about something in Denmark recently, I don't remember the details, but there were people seeing what looked like a kind of like a mummy, but but more a you know, gray sized, you know, with big head or something like that. Wow. Uh, and Denmark is a very, very, very small country. So I'm amazed mm-hmm. that they have any UFO cases. They have those. So. Right. Um, yeah, there's tons. And I, I, I'm really digging up some really fun stuff for the, the, the new book. I'm really, I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a person who easily suffers because of my mood. But when I'm writing this book, uh-huh. it's like so fun. And it's so joyful to go through these papers and, and, and databases and, and contact people. And I ask people, please, if you had an experience with a gnome or little people or whatever, please send them to me. I, I, I want to write about them. And I got some really cool ones so far. Let me tell you, you are the right person to be doing this because the joy and the love for these stories mm-hmm. absolutely shines through in the way you write about it. That, that's what's so fun is that it's not just you reciting the story. It's the way you put a lot of love and passion into it. And like, and like the, and, and you stress the importance of these stories. I mean, like whether they're made up or whether they're genuine, the stories mm-hmm. are what matters. And I feel like your book, that is like a big point I took away from it. And to me, it just like, I love that. I love that. I, I better hope my book sells very, very good after this episode, considering the massive amount of <laughs> the, the love I've gotten for the book at the moment. I, I, well, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and look, look, I mean, like, and I'm not trying to like, you know, butter your biscuit. I, I'm just, I'm, I, I, you know, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't talk so much about it. But like, Speaking of loving it, a story I love is the Black Sea. Yes, yes. <laughs> Would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about that? Because that that was that's just a yeah. These are are quite fascinating stories. You have to take them with a grain of salt. Uh, uh, many yeah. of these cases were written down by by a man named John Uwe Sundberg, who, to be honest, you couldn't couldn't trust all the time. I think I. I I think I mentioned that in the book. He's a little bit of a trickster. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you can say he's, uh, uh, or he was, he's, he passed away now. He was like, an, I guess, some kind of unfriendlier, nastier gray barker. And, you know, he, he, he was good at exaggerating stories. Uh, right, so he right. decided to write a book about USOs, 
under uh, what is it called uh, unidentified submerged objects um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. called the phantom submarines. Sorry, I'm I'm Ooh. yet I'm talking too much about this. It's not no yeah, no because, no take because time. it's important to put it in in uh, in the specific setting it is because this was during the eighties where there was a phantom submarine craze in Sweden. People saw phantom submarines everywhere in in the water really? though in the, not on land uh they saw uh-huh. they, they saw the what do you call it periscope the you know yeah they saw yeah, they yeah. saw it they heard it they also saw frogmen uh coming up from land so there was a, i mean this was hysterical this is like uh, I, I'm not sure if there's anything like it, except maybe the ghost rockets in the 40s here in Sweden. It was like people right. saw UFOs, but it was submarines. And and Jan Ove dug up a bunch of, in by themselves, quite interesting encounters with frogmen uh, acting weird, coming up from water, leaving or exiting submarines of different kinds and sorts, behaving odd, asking weird questions, very, very much like Men in Black, you know, like nonsense sometimes. Oh. Um, uh, so th- th- this is... But th- the thing is with Jan Ove, it's, it's like you, you never know how much did he make up you know how how much is is this? But then again, we just talked about how I love hoaxes. So yeah, yeah exactly, uh, exactly. I remember one encounter. There's a man who's working by a sawmill, and a car stops with two men in in frog kind of frogman suits inside, and they ask him, "What's your time cycle?" Uh, and 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 this now I don't remember from where, but this is such a familiar uh, question. That's been heard in in, in yes. other you know incidents like this, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and of of course, like with all men in black, the frogmen in black often have a slight, let's say, from a Swedish perspective during the eighties, a foreign looks, which means they look like Italians right. or or, <laughs> uh-huh. or you uh-huh. know, let, yes. <laughs> that's how Kiel yeah. described them too. Yeah, yeah, they time. have yeah. Their darker hair, a little bit you know, darker skin, everything like that. Um, I, 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 I was so happy when I realized he, he, he was, he basically was writing about Frogman in Black and not Man in Black because I never heard about it anywhere else. So I kind of, I really hope that he didn't make everything up. You know that. <laughs> right, right. That, that, yeah, I mean that, that's a kernel of truth, and it could be you know maybe he heard this case and then he's like, let <laughs> yes. me like turn it into a little yes, something yes. bigger, you know, which. <laughs> That's fine. Every good storyteller embellishes yes, yes, a bit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, those are two. I, I, you know, I've been desperately trying to dig up Swedish men in black cases in general, but they are very, very rare. We we had a couple mm-hmm. of, of uh, UFO personalities who, who claim they have encount- encountered odd men, you know, knocking on the door, asking weird questions, looking odd. Uh, right. But it's the, the whole concept of men in black is basically zero in Sweden. Um, I I think it's because the United States, for example, are is so much more paranoid, such a more paranoid country yeah. than, oh, than yeah. Sweden. <laughs> yeah, and especially when the men in black thing what you know kind of first started you know getting and I, I don't want to say because they're you know this could be contested, but like the men in black era of like the late fifties, sixties and seventies, that happened to be coinciding with the Cold War scare. Yeah. 
and you're so right. America was probably never more mm-hmm. paranoid than that era. I mean, we're pretty <laughs> paranoid now, I guess. Maybe we've kind of we've definitely maybe uh, surpassed that at this point. But then it really was this kind of like threat of nuclear mm-hmm. war going on, and in America, it was just so, such deep paranoia about communism. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, you know. So you're right. You're right. It, it actually, the men in black do coincide with a, a, a very paranoid mm. time. We, we had actually a, a, a flap, which is very, you know, if you look at ghost rockets, it was, it was uh, after the Second World War, a couple of years after, in 46. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, had, um, um, you had the submarine craze, for example. And then a couple of years ago, at the, when the, the, the war between Russia and Ukraine started, People saw drones over, um, you know, nuclear plants, over government buildings, and everyone saw saw drones. What they, in actuality, what they saw was just a bright dot up in the night sky. It could be a star, it could be something. But they saw they what they think they they thought they saw spy drones from Russia, and there was a lot of sightings like that. We at Ufosvari we stopped taking those calls because it's. It was too many. It was too. It's too. There's, there's nothing we can do about it. But it's a typical example of a of a hysteria flap, you can say. When people yeah. are paranoid. Yeah, and that's interesting as well. Um, so, personally, I just wish there would be a classic flying saucer flap again. You know, small. Here's my dream: small, small Swedish town somewhere, maybe a couple of thousand inhabitants at most deep pine forests around some mountains and then there's ufos flying saucers i would love to, that's yes. that i would go there directly i will you know yeah I would... <laughs> i'd be on a plane and, and you also yeah yes, yeah, yes. That's, that's what i want i'm so tired of, of dots in the sky i want to see flying saucers Dots in the sky and Tic Tacs and stuff just do nothing for me, man. Like, I, I'm so with you. Like, of all the um, forms that uh, these occupants have driven, I would say the Flying Saucer is by far yeah. the yeah, greatest. Just... And I miss them mm-hmm. dearly. I, I absolutely <laughs> you know? agree. This, oh, it's so much to talk about. There's so much. My mind just f- fractures because there's so many different loads I want to give. But it's interesting where you say the shape there because I've been thinking of the saucer, the flying saucer shape. You know, it's very clean. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's timeless. I think that's why, yeah. for example, the gray alien is so popular because it's 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 yeah. so defined. There's no tentacles. Yeah. There's no, it doesn't have three eyes. It's just an alien. Like the saucer is a yep. saucer. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'd say the most popular cryptid out there is Bigfoot. It's because he's a uh-huh. big primate thinging walking in the forest. He doesn't yeah. have, um, you know, yeah. Once again, he have two eyes, two arms, two legs. Is he or she is just a? I don't know. I think, do I call if I if I call it ape, people will, will get angry. But I call it primate. I, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's just it's such a simple design, and that's why it's timeless and yeah. it stays with us humans. Uh, it's the right. same with fictional characters like Godzilla. It's a plain dinosaur. There's no nothing yeah. else with it. And King Kong, etc. Yeah, it's a yeah. generic yeah. dinosaur. And it's You're so right. popular. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, yeah. I, I, I believe that this is connected to our imagination. Also, we, we 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 need this quite simple symbol to attach ourselves to 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 hang on to. 
it's much more easier to identify ourselves with a gray than mm, a blob, I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's almost it's almost like in the 60s, 70s, and then into the 80s, whatever this phenomenon is, it was auditioning yes. new humanoids <laughs> to show us. And then the gray got, yes. got the part. They booked the job in the UFO movie. So the grays are now the star of the yeah. UFO show. And it seems like they've kind of lost their job. The ratings weren't good for the Greys. Because, I mean, like, I, I mean, maybe I'm looking in the wrong places, but I'm not hearing a ton in the last 20 years about abduction uh. cases and kind of that classic 80s, 90s narrative that, you know, I mean, like in the 80s and not, especially the 90s, like, uh, you know, Grey abductions and them doing, like, surgeries and all that stuff. That was the focus of American yeah. anthology. And then it just kind yeah, of disappeared. Yeah. And I find that really curious, you know, like, I feel like if there was abduction, you know, stories out there, we would hear about them because those could, are the most sexy and salacious, you know. Could, could of... it be that those people who experience this uh, kind of um, just keep keep it to themselves or to support groups, yeah. you know, it's, I guess it's yeah. not the same thing, you know, you could go to a magazine in the 80s and get a, you know, why uh, what do you call it in english why the middle the spread the centerfold, oh, the centerfold? Yeah. you know about yeah. the reduction if you want attention of course mm-hmm. uh nowadays maybe people are just keeping to themselves about this uh maybe right. i i don't know no, no i mean it's it, i i think there's probably definitely something to that i mean like I'm sure if I dug a little deep, I know there is still an abduction phenomenon there's still like the zero group and other groups that get together in the kind of support groups. But I guess it's just the fervor was really oh, yeah, happening yeah. in the late eighties and nineties, you know, where it was like, you couldn't get away from it. It was almost all alien abduction stuff, which is cur- is interesting to me. It's just interesting how the interaction mm-hmm. between uh, UFO occupants and human beings mm-hmm. changes, you know, has, and has changed, you know, where like the Herbert Shermer case, for example, where the police officer in 1967 in Ashland, Nebraska was, taken aboard but it wasn't really they weren't really mean to him because it was still the 60s you know like they were operating on him and then like in the 80s it turned yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like and i i oftentimes think about like how that's when the reagan era and like capitalism became perfected in america and so there was like i think that's when like economic inequality like it's always been around mm-hmm. in america but like that's when it really became pretty pronounced and uber mm-hmm, disgusting mm-hmm. I, I'm like, eh, maybe that has something to do with grays and being a little <laughs> scarier and being like, I don't know. It, it, I might not be making any sense here, you know, but we're, we're, we're just having fun. Yeah, yeah. Having thought of do, experiments here. do you know that one of my favorite uh, abduction attempt cases is, is from Sweden? It happened in the 90s. It's interesting because of a specific detail. Uh, I want to add that I don't know this, uh, these uh, people. It's uh, Klaus Svahn, my, my colleague and friend who interviewed them. Klaus. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a couple, I think it was early 90s in Allingsås, and they woke up in the middle of the night in their bedroom, uh, both at the same time, and the husband looks up and they see three greys standing at the uh, edge of the bed. Uh, one is taller than the other. Um, no, I'm, I'm telling it the wrong way here. Anyway, I, anyway, he, he sees them. At the same time, I'm reframing it here. His wife wakes up and sees them too. And she wakes up because she feels that she's levitating, that she's being dragged Ooh. out from bed over the edge of the bed and, and levitating in midair. 
and the husband sees this he sees the grace he sees her levitating and he runs up and he kind of throws a kick at them or something the the, the poor aliens what? yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and that. they disappear, of course, like, you know, switching off a lamp, poof, they're gone. And she falls sure. down on the floor like that. And they, they, I mean, here we have two witnesses, two people experiencing the same thing. Even if it was a dream, it would be bizarre that they had the exact same dream. Uh, and, and they later yeah. divorced. Klaus interviewed them also. He always returned to witnesses after a number of years. And he, co- he contacted Smart. them. They've been through a divorce. They don't live together. They're not spending time together. And they still stand by their story. There's no... You would suspect if it was a hoax or it was something else that they would, you know, they would be maybe revealing some stuff or they would want to talk bad about their former partner. But no, this this happened, according to them. And I think it's so interesting, especially that there were two people in a very, very classic uh, abduction uh, attempt. Very, very classic, you know. <laughs> uh, but I would love to talk to them. But to be honest, I don't know who they are, and they they want wanted to stay like that. It's yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you, you oh, have yeah. to respect that, I I suppose. And so, but that is, I mean, God, what a great book that would be! Like, like missed attempts by great <laughs> that's, aliens. That's, <laughs> that's a great one. The guy... Failed abduction yeah. attempts by America's <laughs> funniest oh abduction attempt. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> oh man, that's well. You, we may have to work on yes. this project together. I'm just, now. Now I'm going to be like trying to look at these failed attempts. I love that the guy was able to thwart this attempt with a with like a, a perfectly executed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I see know, it. Like... <laughs> is that by the way? Isn't this a, a good like um, comedy or something? You follow a, a gang it of is. aliens. Who are the worst at abduction? So in each episode, you 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 follow an abduction attempt, but you also learn about love, life, existence, both in the humans and the yes. aliens. Uh, we probably shouldn't have said that on the air because now someone's <laughs> going to steal this idea, Fred. We yeah, got to yeah, yeah, yeah. the screenplay Stop, yeah. tonight. Starting directly. Here. <laughs> We're sitting on a red hot, red yes. hot rocket right here. I love this. <laughs> yes, man. Yes. Um, you know, you mentioned the ghost rockets mm-hmm. earlier, and I, I, I would have to say that, like, when I, when I think of Sweden, I think that is one thing that, uh, at least over in the states, we kind of associate with Sweden is the ghost rocket case. And as far as I know about, or as far as I know, that was kind of like a big deal. Like, it, it was. They were seeing these often, and then they were like flying into lakes a lot. It's it's right? a really an amazing UFO flap. You can call it like that. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, they called the ghost rockets, but not necessarily that people saw rockets. Some people describe it as rockets, right. but sometimes like cigar shaped objects, or you know, uh-huh. it wasn't specified right. really. But ghost rockets is a catchy name, especially in the news newspapers mm-hmm. at the time. So during the summer of '46, there were at least 1,000 um, uh, witness reports, uh, and God, people, no everyone saw them from from pilots to farmers. Everyone saw them, and it, in at least 100 of these cases, people saw these objects crashing into lakes all over Sweden, uh, mostly in the north, but uh, yeah. 
And they've never, you know, the military was out. It was huge military operations trying to find these things. It could be secret technology from the Russians or whatever. They never found anything right. at all. There's no trace whatsoever. And it's, I think we can be pretty clear that this was physical objects crashing into lakes. Uh-huh. There's, there's, there's mm-hmm. so well documented and there was so, so many people who, who, who saw them. And these, these rockets, even in modern shapes, has appeared later in Sweden. In 1980, in the Namajaure, very, very up north in Sweden, uh, a couple uh, saw uh, um, a rocket-like object coming in over a lake and kind of hovering for a while and landing and going into the water. For example, they were there. They, their their um, diary notes from that day is still preserved, and there's no doubt about it. Something landed or crashed there then you had Bakfun in 99 where seven people on all sides of the lake saw they describe it a bit differently sometimes more you know cigar shaped and sometimes more uh, triangular and it there's specifically one family uh, the Järvid family which is the most adorable family I've ever met really they're so awesome. I love them. Um, anyway, anyway, so the father tour was in the cabin. The rest of the family was down by the beach. They have a, a private beach there. It looks amazing. It's it's an absolute amazing place. Uh, oh. And he hears this roar above him. And he runs out and he sees this object flying over him. And he screams to the flam- family, did you see the UFO? And he, he runs down to the beach. And the family have seen this object. Everyone described this as a triangular black shape uh, coming in over them and kind of make, uh, let's see now, I'm quite bad at left and right. <laughs> and, and then it make, a, it make a left turn before it crashes into the trees on the other side, makes a left turn and goes down into the water. It's like everyone saw this. Obviously, something physical crashed there. Could it be ice? Absolutely. But there was there was one airplane nearby but it had gone from Stockholm, so it wouldn't have time to even have ice on it, you know, to, to right. produce ice. Uh, that's it. That's the only um, explanation we've had. And we, 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 it's not, um, we, what's the word? My, my, we don't count that explanation anymore because it, it doesn't work. It is, yeah. doesn't work. It doesn't sound like a very uh, no, and and even a, a big piece of ice doesn't make a, a left turn. No, it's a, no, no, not, not about that I'm aware of. <laughs> so, but you know, the the military were there, the police were there. They had a uh, three weeks dragging the lake. They say dragging in English, but they they were um, searching the lake. Really? Uh, so we went there this summer with uh, the latest technology. <laughs> for, for the TV show because we really wanted to figure out what was there uh, or what landed there. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I can't say much more about that, but I can I can hint that if if he actually found an alien spaceship, it would be known by now. But uh, it's still a fascinating yeah. story, fascinating event. It's unbelievable. Now, did anyone ever report them emerging no, out of no, the no, lake? No. no. No, just reports of it go them because I, I I have heard and maybe it's probably you discussing it, where there was multiple cases of them crashing into lakes, but no one ever reported that. Yeah, yeah. A, a friend I mentioned this to a friend of mine, 
and he, he, he just said maybe they're waiting for something. So that's uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> there, there, there's some conspiracies that the Swedish military were there, uh, you know, um, uh, taking it to some unknown location. But I, 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 right. I, 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 I don't believe that. I think whatever crashed is there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> it's waiting. Yeah. I like that idea. I wonder, what, you know, hopefully, yeah. You know. <laughs> I wonder what it's waiting for, but man, you know, maybe uh, it's waiting for the next David Lynch maybe. movie to come out, and then it's going to emerge, you know, like it's a big publicity <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, kind of a question I have because you mentioned the word conspiracy. Um, you know, in 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 for UFO enthusiasts in Sweden, has the American disclosure push kind of reached the Swedish UFO fans, like? Are there a lot of people now pushed like really all about this disclosure thing that is being attempted in uh, America? Yes, I'm sorry to say. Aww, yeah, damn. I, yeah, <laughs> really. We have a. <laughs> I didn't we, want to hear that. We, we have a couple Bummer. of groups which are are fighting for this cause, uh, and they're extremely uh, naive. They believe everything right. basically. Well, everything. The only source of information they have is Jeremy Corbell uh, and. You know that's yeah. where they get the information from, and and right. podcasts. With, yeah, weaponized. <laughs> oh, I weaponized. Hate that. Weaponize your oh, curiosity. <laughs> I'm feeling nauseous <laughs> when you say that. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. So they're they're. I've for a long time. I tried to have some kind of polite relationship with them, but I've also it, it got to my attention that they actually think I work for the CIA, and I felt like fuck it. <gasps> I'm so tired of this shit. So I. I just stopped. Yeah. I'm not working for it. Or I, I, Klaus Swan is the head honcho for the CIA in Sweden in UFOs. So, oh, okay. so yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's so I'm kind of some underdog to him, some some assistant. I don't know what they think. But I, when I was reading that, I was like, face palm. I wish oh CIA would pay me something. You know, I'm I'm doing it for free well, now. Me no, too. I'm just kidding. But, I'm, but me, me too. Like, yeah, if 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 the CIA wants to hire Fred and I, I'll just put it out there to uh, investigate UFOs. Call yes, call we'll us. Do we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> I heard they have oh, yeah. great benefits. So you know. So yeah, you know. <laughs> free airline travel. Never, Come on, it'd be great. We get to use the company uh, jet. To yeah, travel never say around. never. We're the guys yeah, that yeah, do yeah, it, so. Fred. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so yeah, there, there is a certain disclosure movement and see, very connected to the CE5 movement here in Sweden. They're, I don't yeah. think they're especially big, you know, especially large group, but they're right. still there and they're still annoying and they're quite they're rude. There. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. oh man, yeah, because they yes, know the they, answer. Yeah, I mean, like you know, if you don't, if you don't agree with them, then you're uh, exactly you know, like shit. that. Exactly like that, and I, I just find yeah. it ridiculous, you know. Hey, I'm just a middle-aged man who enjoy reading about farmers meeting humanoids on the countryside. That's that's what I love. That's what I enjoy. You know, yeah. I don't want to get involved in disclosure drama or or stuff yeah. like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I prefer more of the fantastical aspect of UFOs as opposed to like the political oh, thriller yeah. genre yes. of UFOs. Where I'm a, I just could not be less yeah, interested yeah. in that. <laughs> Boring. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was thinking about that the other day because i'm i'm really not so interested in that i kind of like old school conspiracies you know more yeah i mean i, I wrote somewhere that 
when you reach a certain age, the middle age, you have only, as a man, you only have two ways to go. It's either either World War II history or the JFK assassination. And I chose yeah. the JFK assassination because it's a lot more fun. I'm sorry to say that, but it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I mean, a lot of the kind of like, you know, left-wing conspiracy theories, you know, which, you know, are a lot of times, you know, related to more like the corruption of big business <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. I, I, I agree. I find those entertaining. The JFK thing, oh, all day. I could read about that all day. I love it. But like the, the modern yeah, yeah. conspiracies, um, I am out on that, man. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I was like, I, I mean, Oliver Stone released some four hour documentary about the JFK assassination last year. And I was like, I'm going to have that Blu ray. I want it on Blu ray. I, yes. you know, I want to see yes. all the grainy footage and talking heads in, in HD. You know, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's me. Well, absolutely, and and you know, you know, it's it's funny because even like you know, there's in America, people have there's connections made with uh, UFOs no, no. and the JFK assassination, and that guy Fred Chrisman, who was the kind of the guy who created the story of the Maury mm-hmm. Island incident, uh, he was in he was in the Warren Commission report, <laughs> yes, for the JFK assassination, <laughs> yes, and he was like kind of one of the first. I mean, I I look as I think the, I don't think the Maury Island incident was genuine i believe it was a hoax but this guy who was a kind of the first american ufo hoaxer that i know of i mean maybe reinhold schmidt would be in there he was tied up in the jfk assassination and i just think that's crazy and funny and something i'm surprised people yeah, don't yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. more but he's an interesting character someone's gonna write a good <laughs> yeah, book i hope so day, I, I hope so yeah i hope so too um one and look, I know this isn't in Sweden, but you know, close enough where I feel like you're the guy to ask about it. Um, I've always really admired the work they do at, in Hestelin in Norway. And is that is that still an active area? Like, are they still like you know capturing light phenomenon and stuff like that? Yes, it's 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 absolutely not as active as it was in the beginning of the eighties, where they could have you know dozens, twenty, forty observations per week. Uh, so they're rarer, but the phenomenon, which is often weird lights of all kinds uh, over and inside the right. valley, is, is still there. It's still happening, for sure. They're still having right. scientific investigations there. They have some univer- university working on the spot. Uh, um, uh, so it's, it's definitely still there. There is actually a documentary. I thought it would come out last year, 23. Uh that's called the Hestalen phenomenon because the phenomenon is the buzzword in this community. Every every documentary is called phenomenon or something, but it looks fantastic and it looks so beautiful. And I think the thing with the Hestalen, I've never been there, Uh, but what I've seen, it's like, it's the most beautiful place, you know, squeezed in there uh, uh, between the mountains and it looks fantastic. And I, to be honest, I can, I'm looking forward to look, watch that documentary just for the drone shots of the valley. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, Hestalin is very, very fascinating. Now I I, I must admit, I'm no expert on on Hestalin because it's in Norway. So if it was in Sweden, I would know everything about it. Right, Uh, right, right. What's, what's not, talked about so much there is that they have a lot of genuine flying saucer uh, style observations too. It's not just these these weird lights. You have what looks like at least physical crafts 
flying around, hovering around, cigar-shaped right. stuff, flying saucer-shaped uh, stuff, and tons of those kind of uh, incidents. Yeah. Also, which I I I, I would love yeah. to read more about those. I would. And I feel like people don't. That's not like a widely thing that I believe is known over here. I think it's mostly associated with the light phenomenon. But I I've looked. I, I mean, it was a while ago. I got kind of obsessed with Hestelin. And then I read some stories that I, I definitely can't remember where I read them. And I have no idea if there's any validity to these stories. But I did read some stories that in the area of Hestelin, people had encounters with entities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you heard anything about that? And my source for this could be wildly <laughs> shaky. Because I read it, it was like a decade ago. I, it might have been on a like a, a, for, a UFO forum. <laughs> so I really don't know how valid any of this is. But have you heard about any kind of encounters? No, I, 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 I have not. But I'm absolutely sure there is reports like that. But pro- yeah. you know, I have I never dug into it so deep. Mostly because everyone in Infosferia, uh, you have all these veterans. Everyone was in Hestaling during the 80s doing investigations. So I'm I'm kind of yeah. I don't know what, what what can I give to the community by, but I will especially now because I I feel that it's important to bring out the the weird stuff. It's like you probably talked about it, uh, others talked about it when people do investigations of Bigfoot cases. Uh, they always they should ask the questions. So what what other weird things have happened around here? And I think that's yes. the case with Hestal and that people kind of don't. They don't want to talk about the the, the crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I, I think there's this feeling of it will delegitimize yeah, yes. the science <laughs> that they're trying to do. And like, and like, like God bless, I get it. Like, you know, they are actually doing like really good oh, yeah. science. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like you know when Skinwalker Ranch you know came out, they're like, this is the biggest scientific experiment anyone's ever done about paranormal. I'm like, dude, Hesselin is way <laughs> yes, more legit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, give me a break. It's I, nonsense. I, but yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, uh, it, it would be interesting to find out more about some of these more high strange mm. aspects to that area. I, I have a mission now. So, thank, yeah, thank yeah, you. you. I, I you need do. to. I will. Yeah. You're uh, yeah. Assignment, <laughs> For yes. the CIA. Don't worry. The text in the mail. <laughs> I, I will do my best. I will do my best. Yeah, yeah I know you will. It's a big burden yeah, I'm putting on is. your shoulders, Fred, but you're, you're the right person a, a to do big it. Big bird? Did you say big bird? Yeah, burden, yeah. maybe. A bird. <laughs> bird. Yeah, it's a bird. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't a big bird. I mean, it, it yeah. could be a big yeah, bird. Yeah, I was like, what, what does he mean? I never heard anything like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. sounds fantastic. Go on. <laughs> oh. Uh Man, Fred, before I let you go, uh, first off, this has been so much fun. You ha- must come back on because I am i didn't even scratch the surface of questions I wanted to ask you. But do you are you do you have any other kind of um, TV projects coming up? Like wh- what's what's next on tap for uh, my man? Well, uh, at the moment, I'm unemployed, so I'm more like, give me money. <laughs> but yeah, I. I yeah. Least, uh, yeah. Buy his book, everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it. buy my book. No, I've, I've yes. in five weeks, there's a new TV show uh, being released on TV4, which is the big right. broadcaster here in Sweden. It's the UFO show, basically, in four part. It, 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 will we be able to watch no. that in America? Do you know? it, no, no, no. no. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a, it's, TV4 is a, is a Swedish broadcaster, and they, they, they bought a production 
that will be aired in Sweden. Not, I'm not saying that anyone, I hope, to be honest, and I hope they don't hear me now, that someone will rip it and upload it and share it yeah. with subtitles. So, yeah, cause, I mean, I think we'd love yeah. to see this. You know, yeah, yeah same here. I'm, 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 um, yeah, anyway, that's coming up. Uh, it will be a, 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 it's a good production. I'm, I'm very, very nervous to see what people say about it. I'm nervous because I'm in front of the camera, uh, camera. Cambria, uh, um, yeah. and that's uh, it's not new to me, but this is such a big broadcaster and such a you know Felix the host is very very famous, so it will be a lot of attention. And I'm a I'm a person who kind of likes to keep to himself a bit, you know. I I right. <laughs> so with, with now I'm sure it will be fine. Uh, and I'm writing on my book, but I except that I'm it's quite it's not much going on at the moment. I I hope there yeah. will some more be some more stuff after the show is out at least. So well, when this show comes out and it's wildly successful, I think you're going to be uh, your phone's going to be ringing off the hook for the next job. So you're going to be able to choose the right one, my friend. Because I mean, like, look, it sounds absolutely yeah. amazing and. It's something you guys are taking a fresh approach, and like it, it's unfortunate because I don't feel like there's a lot of great UFO media in America, and that's mm. a bummer to me. So like I'm 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 I really wish. Hopefully this finds its way in streaming somewhere, you know, down the line. But yeah, yeah. If there was a way I could see it, I sure would be. Uh, <laughs> sure <would> be interested. <laughs> hint, 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 hint. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. You know, yeah, that's. That's where I am in life today. Right. So. <laughs> well, it sounds like, but man, I cannot thank you enough for giving me your time. I know it's uh, getting a little late there and stuff like that. But, man, Fred, you, you are such a gem. And I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. And I, I, we tried this interview earlier, I remember. And then I bought your book, <laughs> went to go visit my, uh, my uh, mom and dad, my wife's parents in pennsylvania and i left no. the book there and then i had to reorder it and so look ah, i purchased great. two books and I, I but i actually told my nephew who's into ufos i go you keep that book and read it. so he's gonna he's gonna read it good so i'm spreading yes. it to younger generations my man like it, it's an, it's really an important book i can't i can't tell people i mean i can't say enough good things about it and i can't impress upon my listeners it, it, i'm sure a lot of them have read it but if you have not this is a book that belongs on your bookshelf because it's one of the most entertaining, thought-provoking, funny, and, and you're going to hear encounters you've never heard before. <laughs> so, I mean, like, to me, that is where the gold is. So buy Fred's book and share it with everyone you love because it is a true A-plus out-of-the-park home run. Book. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting a nervous tick here in the eye because I, I, I don't know how to, <laughs> to, to, you know, to handle all of this. But, uh, yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to put so many compliments on you, but you know, if if you write a great book, you're gonna get them. So your your book shouldn't have been as good. <laughs> write a bad yeah, book next time. I promise. It will be so bad. So I will just copy Wikipedia articles. Well, in it. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I mean, like I, I you know, like when, before we go, I want to say one thing that I love the way you're so into kind of the esoteric angle of UFOs yeah. and the symbolism yeah, and stuff like that. So that, that I mean. I would almost love to do a whole show with you down the road where we just talk oh. about that kind of stuff because you have a very unique insight and and kind of thoughts about UFOs and mm -hmm. representation. And I think it's uh, very interesting. So you are a unique individual. You are such a wonderful person to have in this community. Fred, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you. Friend. And where can people oh, find you? Yeah, the, the traditional 
find me on Twitter uh, as... <laughs> As, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're <laughs> such an amazing <laughs> follow, too. So, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Homo Satanis yeah. on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm on Blue Sky also uh, with that handle. Uh, if, you, if you're a smart, fun person, please add me on Facebook. I'm, I'm always... If you're, yeah. if you're nice and doesn't post too weird stuff. I mean, or yeah, crazy. Yeah. No, it's, weird stuff is fine, of course. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. weird stuff is great. But, you know, the, not the bad <laughs> yeah, weird, exactly. you know. <laughs> Fun, the funny weird, you know, we're, we're, we're all yes. about the fun here. So, so uh, and I will, I will obviously post all that in my, in the links in the show notes, but uh, is, do you have a website? Yeah, or I, I have on uh, fredanderson.se, uh, but it's more like, hey, here, here, here I am. I haven't updated it for a year or something, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's social media is actually better in this case. Uh, yeah, I know. That's where everyone yeah. can be found these days. Uh, websites are going by the wayside as I'm creating <laughs> one right now. <laughs> uh, man, Fred, this has been too much fun, and I we we're going to do this yeah. again if, if you'll come Love back to. on. Buddy, you're an absolute gem. Everyone, this was my man Fred. Thank you so much for listening to High Strange. I hope everyone has an excellent dinner this evening. Bye-bye. See you next time. <laughs>